0: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hay Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing?
2: you know better than than the uh royal family right now but other than that i'm oh,
3: great. and better the than Rams. the that's what i thought yeah. oh. okay. no better yeah. than the
2: royal family right now and then also better
3: obviously someone said on twitter prince charles entered the reign with five fouls that was hilarious <laughs> cuz he's like so old and good dies that was pretty funny <laughs> i
2: mean he's not 96
3: so you got to give him a little everyone's bit of- like i heard on the news like everyone's surprised she died i'm like Dude, she's 96. You know what? I will say this. I think the reason why a lot
2: of people are surprised that she died is because they she thought was she was going to so live long? forever. Yeah,
3: I, I mean, thought, she was a great queen. I mean, R.I.P. Uh,
2: I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, I, look, I'm pro-America.
3: I'm, I'm pro-America. Pro pro <laughs> I don't pay attention to British politics. Well, and, I find
2: it interesting now, too, because everybody doesn't know. Like, there are some people that don't know who um, is next in line.
3: Yeah.
4: Like, Charles. how crazy
2: is that? No, I know. I know we know. Isn't it William after saying, Charles? Uh, yeah, yeah, Prince uh, William, William right? yeah, after. But um, j- I'm, am just saying, there's a lot of people that are like looking up right now, um, going on Google right now, and being like, yeah. "Who's next in line?" We life? know they're all socialites
3: <laughs> now. They don't even do anything. No, no. The, the, mon- <laughs> the monarchy is
2: is solely so their economy can thrive. Yeah, like, exactly. There's going to be, there's going to be a. A huge bump in like so many different sales of Corky corgis and like all this other stuff. So yeah. it's just it's good for their economy. Good, good on England, I guess. I don't know.
5: <laughs> I have nothing to add on that, but I am not doing so well this morning because I should have listened to Brandon Deutsch's advice. He's been telling us for weeks, no, maybe even months, that to buffalo buffalo he said it was gonna be a one. blowout
1: and and so we uh hung out uh like at the half yeah. and i said hey brandon 10 10. i mean you know <laughs> i keep hearing about this blowout i, know, I was getting scared and he said round. watch watch for the second half and I, I hate to admit it, but he was
3: right. 21 See, Nick, point Nick coerced, uh, coerced me into only uh, favoring Buffalo by 12 to 14 yesterday, I but know, I should but have, you are Originally, kind of, it was 21. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> early on, you were like, this is going to be a blowout. And, and listen, at the end of the day, it was. We'll we'll talk about it. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports, Circa Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit com for details. Hit it, G-H-E.
2: Well, as we said before, the Bills defeated the Los Angeles Rams 31-10 to at SoFi Stadium last night, opening night. Arash and Brandon, you guys were there. What did you notice, and does this change your mind on the Rams' outlook this season?
1: You know, I noticed that this was um, a team that this is the number one thing you have to worry about with a championship team, the championship hangover where, you know, they got all the commercials, they got the shows, they're in Hollywood and all this stuff. I mean, how are they going to react? Um, listen, it was a 10-10 game at the half, 10-10 in the third quarter and then the wheels fell off. I think what we'll see though during the course of the season this Bills team is the best team and in, in, in so it's, it's not like they got blown out by a bad team. Generally speaking though Sean McVay does a fantastic job halftime adjustments. He was 5 and 0 first game in the season. He's never lost when he's had the lead again. They didn't have the lead, but it was a tie game. So I mean, th- those were the kind of the concerning things. How badly that they they played um, post game and we'll, we'll talk to him in the second segment. Michael Duarte was outside the Rams locker room post game. Apparently profanity-laced tirade <laughs> from Sean McVay because listen, I mean, it, yes, it's the first game of the season, but you can't get blown up by 21 points. But I will say my first... First stop post game, Brandon Deutsch predicted this, and he can talk about why he thought so, but he said a month ago this is going to be a 21-point blowout win.
2: Can I add just one thing before Brandon goes, is that you can't blame Sean McVay for being mad and going off on a tirade, right? I'd be mad too. Partially,
3: it's his fault, though, because he kept running Henderson and not. his plays weren't inventive in the first half. They had so many opportunities to go in and gain momentum, and they just didn't do it. They kept running like two-yard runs. It's like everyone and their mom, no offense to moms, they know a lot, but knew that Derek. Henderson was going to run up the middle. It looked like David Shaw's jumbo package at Stanford, <laughs> where everybody knows you're running up the middle and they're going to stop you. Ridiculous. When you have a guy like uh, Matthew Stafford, who I know may be limited, it, you got to pass... I mean, yeah, there was no know, play there action. Was no play action. They just yeah. like were. He was eyeing Cup the whole time, and hats off to Cup. He got open somehow, forty times, you know. But he's always going to get open, though, man. That guy is, is clutch. I mean, he's yeah, but great is great. This is why I knew the, the Bills would win. I mean, first off, one team's hungry, one team just won, right? That's the first thing. So one team's going to be out coming gunning for the champs. They're going to get the Lakers treatment, like the Lakers got the following year after they won the the championship in the bubble. Everyone's going to be coming to be. Beat the Rams that the, they, they just want to beat the Rams um and the Bills like I said yesterday on on radio they had number one defense in the league last year it looked pretty elite yesterday and their pass rush it all of a sudden got way better with Von Miller you oh, know yeah. and I I just figured that the Rams they they were up and down last year you know then they got hot in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl hats off to them they deserved it but this, this isn't new. The Rams looked really bad at times last year, too, like this. Like, they did at some points. And Stafford, people forget, yes, he had 41 touchdowns. He also led the league in interceptions. So this isn't yeah. surprising, but the O-line needs to get better. They weren't giving him any time. I
2: yeah. mean, it's the offense that we should all be worried about. The defense, I'm good. Like defense
1: played well in the be first great. half. They're, be they're great. showing they're the stats make right
3: now. Like, Cam zero. I mean, zero's across the Okay, but Allen order. Robinson, yeah. it's not his fault. The poor no. guy. I mean, it should have gotten him more involved.
2: Yeah, I mean, but that's where you come with those adjustments right with those halftime adjustments that just weren't really look made. I
3: was actually impressed with the Rams defense especially in the first half that might be the most picks Allen throws all year too, in a mm-hmm. game like that. I mean
2: I think that here's the thing I think that that defense is the is the standard right I think that they've always been that way and in my opinion at least they're um,
3: top heavy a problem is for Ram- sure. Ramsey and I know over the past couple of years he's been you know he's still arguably the best corner in the league but he's getting beat so much like there was one but did you see the replay of Diggs where right. he didn't and Dig was like 40 he feet. He lost him. He was and lost. And Ramsey was like looking around like this. And it's like, oh, you can't do that with also, a guy like Josh Allen. There. Also,
2: in the Super Bowl, by the way, I would love to point out that he also What was about lost. T. Higgins?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Got him lost by like a mile there. I know some people say it was pass under, offensive pass interference. Still, that was terrible coverage. But look. It's just the Rams are, they're going to be a good team. It's one game. It's literally one game. And I was telling all the Rams fans yesterday, like, Grant was, like, heated. He's like, the Rams suck. The Niners are winning the division. I told you. I'm like, dude, the Niners haven't even played a game. They (laughs) they could lose to the Bears on Sunday. We don't know. Like,
2: I love the realism that you're coming with at at this point. Well, we don't know. I told
3: Grant, and I'll stand by by my prediction. The Rams are going to go 12 and what is it, 5 now? 12 and 5 and win the division. Niners will have 11 wins. They'll be 11 and 6. So the Rams are still going to win the division. They got an easy matchup next week. They're going to just... Blow Atlanta out of the building. That's so why tickets are fifty dollars. No one's even going to go to that game. But Stafford should be much better next week. There's a couple of games, real
1: quick. That so far, again, you know, the first season where fans got to go back, all the games were sold out. The Jags Chargers game and this Falcons Rams <laughs> game, they are really worried that it could be maybe not like um, half empty, but a lot of empty. I'm seats. probably going to go to the Chargers Jags. When's yeah. that? So not. Obviously, so not the following Sunday, but like after that,
3: so the, the end three. of the, the Jack three or something I mean, like that. Be cool yeah. to see Trevor People, Lawrence, right? People are sleeping on the Jacks, they're gonna yeah. be much better because they have actually a legitimate coach.
2: <laughs> they can't get any worse, though, man. I mean, right? Like, I was like who's, who's, who's worse here?
3: here yeah, I got a question Sar- <laughs> Sarkeesian when he was <laughs> drinking at USC, or Urban Meyer last year when he was out oh, cheating boy. on his wife at like Ohio <laughs> State <laughs> bars? Oh,
2: that's a good question. Yeah. I'm gonna who's worse. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Meyer because because here's here's the reason but why Sark was like drunk on game days. But here's the thing: is that college is a totally different t- different thing than the uh, pros. Like Ur- Urban Meyer was thinking like, oh, I'm gonna cruise by this, hey, I, and I then gotta, he thinks, oh my god, I'm I'm getting Alabama every single even week. Even though it's USC like, fans
3: oh. hate Sark because obviously what he did to SC and just was a complete like loser at the program, I have to give him respect for what he's done in Texas the past couple of years. He's done a great job.
2: Well, he stayed off the bottle, so like he, <laughs> this is what happens Seems when you simple. don't drink. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't That's drink. That's what they that, and that's what he did at Alabama, and that's why what he's doing at UT. That's gonna so be a, on that's
3: gonna be a game awesome. this weekend. Alabama probably by thirty-five, right?
2: I haven't even looked at the spread. What's <laughs> the uh, what, what? What is Alabama favored I think it's by? It's like
3: twenty-five or something because Texas barely won last week. I
2: feel like that's really low for Bama, right? No? They're gonna
3: blow them out <laughs> of the water. I'm sorry, Texas will be good when they have Arch Manning. Yeah, uh, like and that's why.
2: Yeah, I was about to say they're gonna be like he still needs a couple couple more years, right?
5: Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. So I, I had a couple takeaways from this game, mainly the fact that you guys mentioned the Bills' defense was just mauling the Rams' offensive line. Zero blitzes brought by Buffalo all game. Zero. That's only like the third time that that's happened. I think I read a stat by Next Gen Stats in the last six years, and all were. By by the buffalo bills and sean mcdermott if you don't need to bring anybody and you hit the quarterback sack him seven times oh, yeah. hit him 15 times that's not a good sign for the rams and it shows that their biggest in my opinion their biggest loss this offseason was andrew whitworth the guy was oh, yeah. a, a stud left tackle for them for years and not only that he was the captain of their offensive line you lose him and immediately it shows. But the thing with offensive line play is it's all about continuity. It's going to get better as the season goes along. Now, the one thing that I kind of somewhat disagree with 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 you guys is the, the defense. Because in the first half... It felt like Buffalo could do whatever they wanted. They were running the ball. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss were running it at will, basically getting like, it felt like 10 yards a carry. And then they were just mowing down the field. The first interception was just a fluke. The second one was Josh Allen's fault. And then the third one was a fumble that, you know, again, they had momentum and just like a lucky break by by the rams for the rams defense but i didn't really think that they could stop buffalo's offense at any point if you take away those three takeaways maybe if you make it one takeaway the bills are scoring 40 plus points in this game and but hold on we, we go into halftime 10 to 10, and then in the third quarter, I really felt like the Rams were going to win this ball game, and it's third down. The Rams get the ball first in the third quarter, and on third down and four, the snap gets fumbled by Stafford. He gets sacked. Momentum killer. Yeah. Bills go down and score. It's 17 to 10. Rams go right down the field, and then Von Miller on second down gets a sack for a loss of like 12. Those two plays... We look at a game and we see the final score and we think, oh, my God, Buffalo by three touchdowns and they were dominant. But if you change just those two plays, the Rams could go down the field both times and score. And all of a sudden it becomes more of what Brandon was saying yesterday, a shootout back and forth instead of 31 to 10. Don't no, No need to panic. But it's one game. Yeah, 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 it's one game.
3: They're going to blow out the Falcons next week. And then they play Who they play in week three. They they play um, they play a decent team in week three.
5: I'll I'll, I'll look it up The fact that You can sack a quarterback Without blissing him Seven times And 15 hits And I'm sure you guys Saw Stafford's Bloody knuckles After the game When he was shaking Hands with um, Josh Allen It's it's a concerning sign And then Jalen Ramsey giving up 158. What about Jalen Ramsey? Rate. I
3: love Jalen Ramsey giving up 150 yards and talking trash to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> like he's the <laughs> Jalen, shut up, dude. Uh, Lift so, some weights. The guy's so the skinniest play, corner I've ever seen.
2: So they play the Cardinals, which that'll be, yeah. That'll, On the road? Yes,
3: in Arizona. That's a tough game. See, that's that's week three. That's the game where you're going to see, okay, this is the Rams. I think they win Week that game. Week
1: four, going on the road, Monday night football at the San Francisco 49ers. They're
3: going to win that game, the Rams, because Jimmy the, Ward they, is out. When
1: was the last time they've beaten San Francisco it's in San Francisco? 2018. Frans- 2018.
3: Yeah, I was to say, I'm been like, while, it's been a while. When's the last time they beat San Francisco in a regular in season? In a regular games? season. 2018. Exactly. You know, they yeah. haven't won in three years.
2: Yeah. Well, there was, there was a lot of talk about the amount of Bills fans at the game last night. Uh, was it as bad as what people are saying? And what do you expect this Sunday when the Raiders come to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers?
1: Listen, it was bad, but it's something that we've seen for a lot of years right now um, in Los Angeles. So, I mean, this was not a unique thing. What what made it a little bit more palpable, at least visually, were the Bills fans were wearing blue jerseys. They were wearing white, white jerseys. So, It looked like they blended in, but listen, obviously, when the other team is up, when the Bills are up 31 to 10, it was extremely loud, and so when you're hearing the fans uh, cheer, and you're like, why are they cheering? Well, I mean, listen, there was a ton of Bills fans there. It wasn't as bad as when San Francisco comes to town, and it certainly didn't look as bad when you got all the red jerseys. Obviously, there's there's, um, no doubt on Sunday when it's the Raiders and the Chargers, it will be a sea of silver and black. But again, we've talked about it for a number of years There was no team here For 21 years And a, a generation of fans grew up with no team So they became Bills fans Or San Francisco fans Or Giants fans Or Chicago fans or whatnot And when you're a grown adult you keep that is your team. You were you were cheering for that team for twenty plus years. So this is something that Los Angeles, regardless of if the Rams won the Super Bowl, regardless of if the Chargers win this year, they're going to have to deal with that for quite some time.
2: Yeah. Does this? Um. The, first of all, for I think for you, myself, and yourself, Arash, yeah. I don't. I think that we kind of. I want to say expect this, but we can see this happening. Yeah. Over and over, right? Where you see a sea of red over that sea of blue where you see a, the a opposing team coming sure. in. Um, do you think that fans should be used to this by now or like this should even be a thing? Like this or?
1: this becomes a story consistently but it's like we literally have seen it every year. The Rams first year back at the Coliseum like this was the story week in and week out and I'm a little tired of it because like yeah. we get it. Like I, I said as soon as they moved here we didn't have a team here for 21 years so it's going to take a long time for this fan base to grow. Why? Because this is not A small market in a transient town in a in a melting pot like Los Angeles, you have people from like around the country, and so the, the the fact of the matter is they love the national football team, the the national football league, and they have their teams. So if you're a Giants fan like you, G. H., just because the Rams came to town, yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to. You're not going to not root for the Giants. So I mean, again, this isn't a problem that will be solved tomorrow. But the same. Well, by the way, the Dodgers are probably one of, if not the most beloved team here in Los Angeles. And I promise you, when the Cubs come to town, it's a ton of Cubs fans. Why? There's a ton of people from Chicago here.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you know? have you have a lot of people. I mean, uh, I find it very interesting. I think Armand and I were or actually my boyfriend and I were walking up and down Pierre Avenue in Hermosa Beach, and you can see different flags in every single bar, and none of those are Rams. By the way, they're all different bars for different teams. Exactly. Because there's so many transients out here, right? So you're gonna see a Bills Mafia uh, bar. You're going to see yeah. a Chicago bar. You're going to see, you know, all, all of these different bars that like remind these people of home. You mm-hmm. know, like I mean, there's there's the Philadelphia Eagles organization out here in Hermosa that is strong. Oh, yeah. Like I'm talking like they come in droves. So like you're going to see, you know, all these guys out here. So it's and these are people that live here. These aren't even people that travel for the game. So
5: you're going to you're going to see a sea of that. A hundred percent. I just I wonder how it'll be in 20 years from now. I have a quick story to share about one of my first experiences at a Lakers game. It was a Lakers playoff game. They were playing the Utah Jazz, and I was in the um, in the corridor. What do you call that? The, the
1: Where you get, the food, where you the, get the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: And there was two Jazz fans that were walking through, and the Lakers fans basically said, part the red sea they opened up the walkway so everybody could boo them <laughs> and the reason why they can do that is because laker games you don't see those kinds of no things. exactly it's and so laker fans maybe maybe in the future the rams can build a fan base like yeah. that where it will be predominantly rams fans but i mean it, it, it is it's a transplant city and i i just don't see how that happens at least in the near future
2: well and also here's the other thing too the Lakers never left. Yeah. Right? Well, that so was
1: 100% GK. That that is the biggest thing that this team really kind of left twice. They right. they they so the idea that now that they're back in town and it was weird that they 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 raised the championship banner for the Super Bowl. For I, I bet you for a lot of Rams fans it was weird because they, they also put up the banner for the championship they St. won in St. Louis, Louis. Yeah. and so and I will never forget Georgia Frontieri the owner of the Rams when she got that trophy she could have just been classy and accepted it she said this proves I made the right decision in moving the team to St. Louis that stung so hard so um this will take time, and but I, I really do believe that in 20 years from now, what you're gonna have happen is that these kids who are wearing their Cooper Cup jerseys and Donald jerseys, they're gonna grow up to be fans of this team. They're gonna take their kids. So it will take time, but what what won't change is that Los Angeles will always be a city of people from Chicago, New York, all over the country.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no denying it. You can see it everywhere, yeah. right? Um, I will say this though, for that. 20 year gap it's uh, the reason why they booed those two at uh, Utah fans is because of the history, because of the rivalry, because of like, if you grew up in LA a Laker fan, you do not like San Antonio, you do not like exactly. Utah like, if you grew up like back in the day of like the Carmelone days, you, there's no way you're rooting for those guys because just of the history, and so the Rams need to obtain that history, and I think that they're, they're, on, they're on the right track 100%. to getting there, right? Um, they need those rivalries, right? I mean, fortunately, I think for the Rams, they've always not them them and san francisco have always Bit at odds So that's a, That's a great rivalry That's something That's going to be great Where people can boo you And yeah. stuff And th- hopefully That brings a little bit More to the fan base
3: Exactly 100% Yeah I mean I Rosh has hit it Right on the money I don't have anything to add Yeah <laughs> Wow Brandon Deutsch Speechless know, For silent. the second show In a row um, But listen I mean it,
1: This was going to Take some time If I am Brandon I wouldn't Like not be a fan Of the San Francisco 49ers The success That that team has had The Super Bowls That, 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 that they've had And again, Um, they
2: never left. They never left. left. They've
1: been in the same city for all this time. So listen, I I totally get that. We will uh, leave it there for now. When we uh, come back on the Mightier 1090, we will talk to Michael Duarte. Michael Duarte was there and he was outside the locker room after the game. So we'll catch up with him when we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The Fan in Las
0: Vegas and the Hawaii
1: Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as, a remi- just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win, take us to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa millions in Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is,
4: our main man, Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you? rush I'm good I am better than the Rams Uh, a day after that NFL opening night blowout loss to the Bills Mafia and as our boy Chris Berman likes to say a rush nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills Exactly,
1: Michael uh, you were outside of the Rams locker room post game 31 to 10 blowout as you said Sean McVay had some choice words paint the picture Michael Duarte what was the scene like following that blowout loss
4: this is great, Arash, and I know um, you cover the Rams, but you know here at SoFi Stadium, we have not been allowed inside the Rams locker room uh, since the stadium opened because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, that includes the 2020 season and last year's Super Bowl winning 2021 season. And so when we went into the press conference room uh, last night after the game, on the right side wall of this press conference room, as you, you are aware, it's just open windows that, that look out to this, like, VIP special bar area that fans can, you know, watch, the press conferences. Uh, and then to the left was this, like, garage door, like, it's the best way I can describe it, this garage door that would open and close. And when it opened, we're in the Rams locker room. It's literally, like, yeah. right there. And then they closed it. It was open when we got to the, to the, to the, uh, to the press conference room. And they closed it once we arrived, and then within seconds, you could hear Sean McVeigh just screaming, yelling, ripping into his team. And I then stood up from my seat in the press conference room and literally, you know, like like the like the, the age old age old adage or like you would see in a movie, I, like with my cup to the wall, like trying to <laughs> hear what was going on uh, with my ear to the wall. And I can't repeat everything you said. Uh, because I don't have that many curse words in my vocabulary. But uh, I can tell you one thing I heard clearly that he said to his team, and that is, I promise you, this will not happen again. That, I promise you, that is exactly what he said word for word. And I'm assuming he's referring to you know a blowout loss at home like this. Uh, but moreover, I'm assuming he's referring to his team just not being prepared for this game the way they should have been, Uh, for a team that is the preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl in the Bills. So uh, a lot of curse words, uh, (laughs) a lot of of taking accountability and responsibility, all the cliches. We need to be better. It starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job. I didn't do a good enough job at halftime making adjustments. Uh, So a lot of accountability from Sean McVay. But yeah, I had my ear to the wall literally Uh, trying to hear what he said to his team post-game.
1: What was the biggest takeaway from that game? Um, You know, listen, it was 10-10 at the half, so close game there. Uh, Usually speaking, Sean McVay's teams do very well the first game of the season. They do very
4: well in the second half. What went wrong? Yeah, there's a lot of questions. And again, I was expecting more excuses than a John Gruden apology tour after the game. But uh, in most of the players' took accountability, and just said this was a very humbling experience for them. Uh, you mentioned that the game was tied 10-10 to at the half. To me, that was not indicative of what I was watching on the field. I was not watching an even matchup at 10-10 to in that first half. I was watching a Buffalo Bills team offensively that could do anything they wanted at any time against the Rams' defense, which is normally good. Uh, and it was three first half turnovers, two of which I thought were absolute gifts. The bills handed the Rams defense, not necessarily a takeaway earned by the Rams defense, except for Troy Hill's interception. Uh, welcome back in by the way. But to me, it was more over about that Rams, uh, getting those lucky takeaways. Like, look what I found mom on one of those interceptions and also on, on the fumble. Um, so, that, to me, then set up the Rams in good field position. That's why they were able to get 10 points. Obviously, great throw by Matthew Stafford, great catch by Cooper Cup to get that touchdown. But that's why it was 10-10. to But to me, this game was all Buffalo. In the second half, the Rams just didn't make the adjustments. The Bills held on to the ball, uh, and it was the, uh, the the Rams committing turnovers with Matthew Stafford. Here's what I saw, though, to break it down from a more technical standpoint for you, Rush. The Rams' offensive line uh, was was thinner than a piece of soy paper on a, on a sushi roll that you'd get. Uh, they allowed seven sacks. Uh, that is the most Matthew Stafford has ever been sacked as a member of the Rams and the most he's ever been sacked in a game since 2018's poultry season with the Detroit Lions. And they were, the Bills were able to put that kind of pressure and knock Matthew Zapper down 15 times, have pressure on him on every single possession, every single play. And they were doing it with a three- and four-man rush, meaning they didn't have to blitz. They didn't have to put another defender in the box. They didn't have to disguise anything. And when you can do that, as we know historically in the NFL, you can then drop uh, seven guys back in coverage, sometimes eight guys back in coverage, which means nobody's going to be open. Uh, which means Matthew Stafford, who really, in my opinion, because of his elbow issue, has not had enough time to develop a connection with Allen Robinson this year. And I think you saw that in the fact that he was only targeted twice for one catch. So where was he going the whole time? Familiar targets in Cooper Cup and Tyler Higbee, who had a lot of drops and, let's face it, didn't have a good day. So, you know, all that was made about Tutu Atwell in the preseason and then Ben Skoranek ascending to that third role and stuff, he doesn't have that rapport with Matthew Stafford yet and so not playing the preseason not getting as many reps and throws uh you know in the off season and then coming into this game it was Cooper Cupper bust with what the Bills were doing and he was also holding out of the ball way too long and on the, the flip side of that uh it wasn't necessarily that the Rams defensive front was bad Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd were able to put pressure but Josh Allen did such a remarkable job of getting out getting rid of the ball quickly I saw a stat he averaged seconds and how quickly he got the ball out. Uh, In fact, on that first touchdown to Gabe Davis, 1.37 seconds. That's unheralded. It's unheard of. It's so fast to get rid of the ball. And then that includes plays that he kept drives alive. He got out of the pocket uh, and then was able to find receivers down the field for some big, big plays. Uh, That also leads me to the last thing I'll say on this, which was the secondary. Taylor Rapp was a no-show. Jalen Ramsey allowed six catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns when he was targeted. This is a guy who I know had offseason shoulder surgery, but he has not gotten himself back in game shape yet or been conditioned to play uh, this much. And that showed, especially in that fourth quarter. Uh, and also David Long Jr., who had to guard Gabe Davis for most of the game, he did a horrific job. And Gabe Davis was able to find the end zone and get four catches for 88 yards himself. So uh, a lot of questions for the Rams' defense and the Rams' offensive line after this one
3: yeah Michael I wanted to ask you now about your mindset going into the Falcons next week is there a certain is there something you want to see other than obviously the line playing better giving Stafford more time and Stafford you know not throwing three interceptions is there like a certain certain way you want this team to play next week
4: yeah great question uh first and foremost that's the good news for the Rams is as Bad and poorly as you played against the Bills week one, you do not get to face the Bills in week two. You get the Atlanta Falcons, who I don't think their fan base will travel as well. They are not the great white hype this year. They are expected to probably be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So uh, you're not going to have to go to a silent count, I believe, uh, at SoFi Stadium next Sunday. And uh, I think you're going to be able to do whatever you want offensively against the Falcons. And I don't think you're going to have as many problems on the offensive line against the Falcons' front four that you did against a very, very good Bills' front four, obviously led by former Ram Von Miller, who went against that offensive line in practice, Brandon. So he knows them very well. He knows their tendencies. He knows their weaknesses. And he's also able to pass that on to his fellow defensive linemen. So with that said, I I want to see the Rams bounce back and in a very dominant way. You don't want to see a close game with the Falcons. You don't want to see more mistakes. You don't want to see more pressures and knockdowns and sacks on Matthew Stafford. You want to see a clean game of football next week. You want to see the offense get into rhythm because when Sean McVay can get into a rhythm, which he was not able to do uh, on Thursday, that, and he will have an extra day to practice uh, and, and scheme for the Falcons, obviously, with being able to play on Thursday. That's one advantage you have in getting that extra couple of days before next Sunday. So I want to see this Ram offense back to the way we know it, firing all cylinders. I want to see Allen Robinson get more targets. I want to see Matthew Stafford spread the ball around more than just targeting Cooper Cup for 13 catches and 128 yards in the score. I want to see... Uh, I want to see a line where Cooper Cup has 10. Uh, Allen Robinson has seven catches. Ben Skronik has six. Uh, Tyler Higby has six. I want to see the ball spread out, and I want to see not just Daryl Henderson getting the bulk of the carries at running back. I want to see Cam Akers. He's arguably a better, more talented back, uh, and he only had three touches for no yards in that game. I know fantasy owners are very unhappy about that. So I want to see, to answer your question, I want to see the Rams' high-octane offense led by Sean McVay on full display against a team they should route. And I want to see the ball spread out. I want to see them more efficient. And I want to see Matthew Stafford get rid of the ball a lot more quickly than he did on Thursday. Michael,
5: so much MVP hype coming into the season for Josh Allen. You got a chance to witness it in person yesterday. He had that one errant throw that was intercepted by Troy Hill. The other one probably was not nearly his fault. What are your thoughts on his MVP case? And what do you think about where he ranks in terms of top quarterbacks in the NFL?
4: Yeah, if we're showing uh, at, at the end of the year, Armand, the, the MVP video highlights for Josh Allen, then that stiff arm he put on Nick Scott has to be on there. That was incredible. That was Derek Henry-esque uh, by a quarterback. And so that, to me, needs to be at the front of the highlight tape uh, when Josh Allen makes his MVP case for 0 And you're correct. The two interceptions he had, the first one was not his fault. That was a ball that probably should have been caught, that dropped uh, and went right into the hands. Like I said earlier, that was a mom, look what I found, gift interception. And credit to Troy Hill interception. I don't even think it was that bad of a throw by Josh Allen. Troy Hill just made a play, jumped the route, took the ball away. That was a good pick for him. But that was it. After that, Josh Allen did not make any more mistakes in the second half. Uh, He was able to keep and extend drives with his feet. Uh, He rushed, I believe, for 56 yards. He was the leading rusher on his team and also had a rushing touchdown. So he's making the case. But, you know, if Lamar Jackson is healthy, uh, I know that they announced on Friday that he wasn't able to, to reach an extension with the Ravens. So now he's playing potentially on a contract year. So if he's healthy, he's going to give Josh Allen a run for his money. And then obviously you can't count out the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's of the world, uh, especially if they put up just their average numbers. But yeah, Josh Allen is making a case. And here was the thing I was talking about. There was so much hype around the Bills uh, this, this preseason about a team that should come out of the AFC and take that next step. They reloaded on defense. They went out and got Vaughn Miller. Uh, they made some changes on offense as well. And we wanted to see how they would put it all together. And if they could travel to L.A. and beat the Super Bowl champion Rams in their own building on a night that they unveiled the banner and defeat a perfect Sean McVay, who was 5-0 and entering these games in season openers, uh, and do it the way they did it, in dominant fashion, where they looked like the better team from start to finish, then now that hype uh, starts to get real, and, and a lot more people are going to jump on that Bill's bandwagon. And it seems to me like if they can keep this going, uh, they're going to have a very special season uh, in upstate New York and Buffalo.
3: Yeah, Michael, I wanted to add, I try to tell people that Gabe Davis was going to take a huge leap this year. I do think he becomes a star wide receiver. I think we saw that in the playoffs and obviously in the first game. Only thrown to, I mean, he only had four receptions, but 88 yards and a touchdown kind of a quiet day in my opinion for gabe davis i think that's going to be the norm at least uh almost a touch i wouldn't say touchdown every game but 88 yards more than four receptions do you expect a huge leap this season from him as well
4: i don't know about a huge leap uh per se i did expect him to have a good game and i expected him to score i think there was a stat before his first catch which was a touchdown uh and the first touchdown of the game for the bills i might add. Uh, that was something like six of his last eight catches, including that obviously that AFC divisional game against the chiefs, which was just an amazing game back and forth. That was like his sixth touchdown in his last eight catches, something unheard of um, for Gabe Davis. So that's the kind of guy that, that we know. I mean, that's a guy that Josh Allen will look for uh, in the end zone in those moments uh, in the red zone to get a score. And it paid off. Now you mentioned the four catches for 87 yards. Well, one of them was for 47 yards. So, You know, if Jalen Ramsey doesn't uh, botch that or if that play doesn't happen, then you're looking at, you know, three catches, 40 yards or something like that. So uh, one of those was a very big play. But I do expect him to have a very good year. Obviously, they got rid of um, Cole Beasley. So that's going to give more opportunities to Gabe Davis uh, in that that Bills offense. And when you put him against a cornerback that he can beat and match up with, in this case, it was David Long Jr. who got picked on. Uh, throughout the day by Josh Allen. Let's also face it, Jalen Ramsey also got picked on in this game. As I mentioned, you know, he sucked more than Maggie Simpson on Thursday night. Uh, (laughs) Gabe Davis uh, is a guy that that I expect to have a good year for fantasy owners, a guy I expect to find the end zone. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as where you're kind of leaning, Brandon, meaning like maybe he's going to be a 10-target, 100-yard-per-game receiver. But I think several games in this range, five to six catches, 70, 80 yards in the score uh, could be a line that we see a lot from Gabe Davis this year.
1: Michael, I gotta—I uh, I don't know how I buried the lead. You were practically like in the huddle pregame. You were right next to the Rock. If you were closer to the Rock, you would be the main event of river, of, of 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 WrestleMania. Michael, I—I've I, never seen you that, that close. Tell us what the atmosphere was like, and how were you that close?
4: First of all, I should be in the main event of WrestleMania. Let's just put that out there now to the McMahon family. I guess I can't say Vince anymore. So, Triple H. That's right. If you need me, call me. Um, Just let me know. Let me know. I'll be there. Uh, It was amazing because uh, the Rocks' forearms are so big, Arash. Like, (laughs) they are bigger than my head. It was incredible. Um, And I'm not going to, like, pat myself on the back or name drop, but. Um, the Rock he used to work. Rock used to live in Hidden Hills for a very long time. We used to go to the same gym. I used to see him all the time, and I used to see him in his element in the gym, which is just astonishing to see. That would be like watching Tiger Woods on the putting green, uh, or you know, uh, I don't know, Mick Jagger, you know, in the studio recording a song. Seeing somebody in their element like that, so that was cool to see The Rock and be up close when he showed up. Yeah, fans went wild. They went nuts. Uh, the atmosphere for the game pregame was huge because I couldn't tell from the field, rush, which were Bills fans and which were Rams fans. I know, you know, right? that, yeah. that, that Buffalo blue and that Rams blue are very similar. So yeah. I'm looking up and I'm just seeing sea of blue everywhere. And I'm like, well, which is Bills and which is Rams? It wasn't until and they're both loud as heck for the start of the game. Uh Matthew Stafford, as you saw in the video I posted, uh led that pregame huddle and got everybody hyped up and kept saying, be you, you, U, B U, let's be us, let's be us. Um and if that's what they are, then they're not gonna be very good this season and they might, you know, fall into that NFC curse of, of uh teams not going back to the Super Bowl after going to the Super Bowl the next year. So they gotta try to break that. But uh the atmosphere was electric pregame. It was exciting. Uh, I also had a video, if you saw, of Odell Beckham Jr. on the sidelines coming out, giving Matthew Stafford a hug. I think fans seeing him, they were loving it. They gave him all the love they can. This is a guy the Rams are still courting. They have a locker at their uh, practice facility in Thousand Oaks with his name tag on it. They are waiting for him to return. Uh, uh, As you and I know, Arash, Bootsy Bells is a pop in place during Rams games at SoFi Stadium. And OBJ was hanging out at Pucci Bellows the whole game, getting all the love. And, you know, we know he loves that love and attention. So uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him on either of these two teams, uh, you know, after the bye week, around week 10, week 11, uh, either the Bills or the Rams. But uh, like I said, it was an electric atmosphere. And once the Bills went up 31-10 midway through the fourth quarter and Rams fans started to head for the exit that's when i could hear the bills mafia that's when i could see them and i was like wow this might be a 50 50 crowd maybe even 60 40 bills fans and that would explain why uh the rams had to go to a silent count for most of the games so you know respect to bills mafia they traveled well but as we know la is a destination town uh and when you live in upstate new york what a great place to be and in September, than Los Angeles, with you know ninety degree weather and the beach and, and everything we have to offer people.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing atmosphere, happy that, um, you know, that, again, Michael, it was really cool to see you guys back in the locker room, it was, it was just, it for, for the first time in two and a half years, my friend, it felt normal, last 60 seconds, so kind of just need a quick pick from you, Michael, on this, USC stick to Danford, nine point spread, 60 seconds, my friend, does USC cover?
4: Yeah, this is the true test, Arash. This is Lincoln Riley heading to the farm. This is a big game. This is a game that's tripped up other coaches and USC teams in the past. I think he gets it done. If he does get it done, uh, I think... The hype train gets even louder, I should say, and more and more people will be jumping on this USC bandwagon because the schedule gets a little bit easier after that, uh, leading up to that Utah game, I think, which is going to be like week six or something like that. So uh, I think they get it done in Stanford. I think that keeps the ball rolling. I think that gets a lot of people on on the Trojan train. Uh, So come on board everybody's welcome, <laughs> and uh, we'll keep rolling until till we get Utah.
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I think if they can find a way to win this this one, then the, the train will get going. It'll uh, leave the station. They'll move up the rankings. But it's really good, Michael, to see USC back in the top ten. It's, and it's obviously very good to see you. See you soon, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe
0: and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show. On the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. worldwide through the hard times, faces, as we brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.